welcome to the First Baptist Church Fairview Podcast. Here's Pastor Duane. Yes, yeah, so we're looking at encouragement. And I tried to be a source of encouragement over the weekend. And I tried to encourage my youth minister, right? So we had like a three-on-three basketball tournament. And I thought to myself, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to help them and I'm going to show them what it was like back in the 90s when I played. (laughs) And five minutes later, as I limped off, I had time to reflect on that. I hope I was an encouragement to you, John. All right, good. God bless me. That's right. All right, Colossians 4 and verse 7. Let's all be a place of encouragement, a source of encouragement. And as we think about Paul, right, he's writing to the church at Colossae. He's writing from his own chains, and he's got some uh, supporters close by in Rome. One actually in the prison cell with him, but others at a close distance. And he is writing to the church, and he's saying, notice all these people that may look like they're second stringers, (laughs) As you think about a sports team, I mean, definitely we highlight those on the front lines, that point guard that starts the game, the quarterback, first string. I mean, we highlight and elevate all of them, and we should. But what about the bench players? What about those who come in to give relief? I mean, they matter, don't they? That second string quarterback, if you don't have a good second string quarterback, your season could go haywire. So it's so important to have depth And second string players matter. And Paul is saying, hey, we may be on the front lines in chains. I mean, it may be my heart to share the gospel and get this letter out of encouragement to the church at Colossae. But all these people that I'm going to highlight, yeah, they could be second stringers, but they matter. And maybe you're in here today, you're like, you know, I'm not on stage with you, Dwayne. You know, I'm not on the front lines, but listen to me. You matter to God and you matter to our church. I mean, even with what I do, I I could not do what I do without Haley and Jake and John and David Best in the back. Jake Whitman, where's Jake Whitman? What a man for the Lord, right? He does a lot of things unnoticed. You'll never see him, but he's in the trenches working so many hours. So many of you are doing that in upward football, in cheerleading. You're doing so many things behind the scenes. You are encouragement, and you matter to the Lord, and you matter to our church. The book of Colossians, chapter 4, introduces us to this community of believers who encouraged Paul while he was in prison. I've got a quote from a former president here, Eisenhower. And he was attacked one time, and I'm quoting him because it's a really good, um, I think, point that, that he makes. He was being bashed on one occasion for his leadership as president. That he was not exercising more vigorous leadership. And Eisenhower had an interesting response. He said this, the idea that all power rested in one person and that the president could do everything alone was baloney. (laughs) He's true, isn't he? He said, we must work together. And I think that's what Paul is saying. We must work together. So Eisenhower realized if he was going to thrive and succeed and do well, he had to have a good close-knit team, a teamwork, a cooperation in reaching a certain goal. Paul was a team player. 
a wonderful example of someone who valued his fellow believers and didn't try to do everything alone. Listen, I can't do everything alone. You can't do everything alone. But how much more can we accomplish when we come together? You tell me. A lot. Paul's heart for his co-workers is really on display in the closing verses of Colossians. He concludes in many of his letters with personal greetings and instructions, and he does the same in this book. So it's possible when you reach like a text of like a genealogy, you know, like a bunch of names to kind of gloss over that. Let's go to another sermon series. <laughs> Let's not do that. Why? These people matter to the Lord, and they accomplished a lot, and you can as well. As to all my affairs, in verse 7 of chapter 4, Tychicus, our beloved brother, faithful servant, fellow bondservant in the Lord, will bring you information. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances, and he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful beloved brother, who is one of your number, they will inform you as well of the whole situation. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings, and also Barnabas's cousin Mark, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Mark, who deserted Paul on a mission journey is now back in the fold. He's saying, welcome him. And also Jesus, who is called Justice. Though these are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are from circumcision, and they have proved to be an encouragement to me. So if you're taking notes, circle that word, encouragement. It's so vital in the ministry that we edify one another, not tell it, tear each other down, or not compete with one another, but we're on the same team, Right? We're on the same team. Paul is saying we're on the same team against Gnosticism, Gnosticism against heretical teaching, against those that, that, that want to discourage other people. We're on the same team as the family of God. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that, he, that you may know our circumstances and encourage your hearts. And Onesimus, our faithful beloved brother, who is one of your number, Aristarchus, like I've mentioned, all these People, Epaphras in 12, who is one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers, that you may stand perfect, fully assured in all the will of God. And I testify to you that he has a deep concern for you and for those who are in Laodicea, in Oropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, sends you his greetings and also Demas. Greet the brothers who are in Laodicea and Nympha and the church that is in her house. When this letter is read among you, have it all read in the church of the Laodiceans and you for your part. Read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry. That's a strong verse which you have received of the Lord, that you may fulfill it. And I love the last verse. I really do. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand and remember my chains. Remember my imprisonment as you live out the Christian life, right? As you are the church, remember why I continue to serve. And it's all for Jesus, amen? amen. It's for his glory. It's for gospel proclamation. 
Now, my little injury in John's little basketball tournament will not compare to Paul's situation. I mean, he's in a very bleak situation. Let's talk about Paul's plight. I mean, it's, it's pretty dreadful as we look at it. But Paul, again, even in this discouraging day that some would say is very discouraging and dark, he's going to use it for the good. He's writing to his church. And he's saying, I've got a lot to teach you about the Christian life. Tychicus in verses 7 and 8 is a good example of this. He was one of the men to whom Paul entrusted the delivery of this letter. That was a major assignment. Not just a messenger service, but he's given value to this spirit-inspired epistle. This is from God. Read these words and apply it. You know, First Baptist Church, we're on the same team. Your faithfulness and your ministry, wherever you're connected, matters and it inspires and it encourages those around you, right? If you don't come, you're taking something from someone else. I mean, when you come to church, you give us encouragement. You give me encouragement. When you plow away in the ministry and when you help John and when you help Bill Turner and Blair Donegan and so many other people in a ministry, that is a source of encouragement. So each of you matter to God and our church. I mean, Acts chapter 20 reveals that Tychicus also faced very life-threatening circumstances as one of Paul's companions. Another name mentioned in Paul's final greeting, Onesimus, the former runaway slave, who was the subject of Paul's letter to Philemon, put Onesimus with Mark, who had deserted the apostle, eventually made up for that with work for the Lord, and you've got more encouragement for the apostle Paul. He's writing from the lens of imprisonment, but he's saying, look at those around me. Look at the second string. Those who are plowing away, those who encourage me even now. Aristarchus is another name. He was imprisoned along with Paul in Rome at the same time of this letter. What an encouragement this man must have been for the Apostle Paul. Now, let me ask a question. Who are you encouraging? And who are you discouraging? Who are you lifting up? Who are you saying, keep going for the Lord. Keep plowing away. Keep praying. Keep, keep believing. Keep sharing Christ. Don't give up. Don't throw the towel in because Jesus is worth it. You know, no one could accuse, accuse the Apostle Paul of trying to do it all by himself. He needed every fellow worker God gave him as we need the body of Christ today. Ephesians 4 says we all serve with so many different gifts for the edification of the body. That means you're building up, not tearing down, not, not competing, not being jealous. Not in holding on to the past saying, I shall not be moved. We shouldn't try that. Oh, in my one year, I can't believe it's been one year. We've tried some new things. I'm so thankful and gracious. You've allowed me to bring some things into this church alongside of so many great things to be used for God's glory. We need to try what we've done need to try some new things and cooperate and move ahead all for the Lord. So Paul is giving, as we think about a word concerning Paul's plight, just a brief overview. He's saying, realize all my affairs. Look at verse 7. As to all my affairs, what affairs? Do you realize as he wrote in that prison cell, 
Who did he have on his heart? The Apostle Paul. He had his churches. He had fellow believers. He had those on the front lines who were risking their lives. And so as we think about that bleak situation, as to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother, faithful servant, fellow bondservant in the Lord, he will bring you information. He's going to bring you a word from God so you can keep fighting the good fight of faith whether I make it or not. He calls him his beloved brother, a man who, whom he loved dearly. A faithful servant. What does it mean to be a faithful servant in your ministry, in Upward, in youth ministry, children ministry, Sunday school, community group? I believe it means this. You are trustworthy. You are reliable. You are dependable. Tychicus was faithful in duty to himself and to other people. He was a man sold out for the Lord. A man who you, you could trust in. A continued faithfulness. Get that in your mind and heart. Uh, he was obligated. He was uh, trusting in his duty for the Lord. John MacArthur says this, Tychicus, along with so many in this brief genealogy, this list, are those who were useful, <laughs> those who were available. Am I saying this morning that you've got to be perfect? I mean, you've got to have all these certain gifts to be used of the Lord, and if you don't, you can't be used. No, I'm not. We need everybody. <laughs> on Wednesday nights, we need so many different people, and we will on Wednesday nights with children's ministry, to plow away, to invest, to, to do whatever you can for the Lord. If Paul were writing to our church, let's make application, would he give a similar letter about your walk? Or what would he say about you? If Paul wrote, he's like, man, this person and this person who's been here this long and this new family, what would he write about you? What would he say about me? Paul is in a prison reflecting on people who had impacted his life and who demonstrated the Spirit of God in spiritual maturity. I ask the question, are you in community with other people doing life together well? Are you growing in your faith in a small group? Are you sharpening one another in discipleship? Or are you just going week by week? Let's stop looking at each other and worrying about so many things. Let's worry about us. Amen? Let's worry about you. Let's think about our church. You get in the Word of God, and I'm going to get in the Word of God. Let's unpack it. Let's study it. Let's be changed by it. Paul addresses the human tendency by pointing out sin in the church. Here he gives you a glimpse of this fellowship of encouragement. Are you a, an encourager like a Barnabas? When things are so bleak, you just kind of say, well, it's going to be all right. We're going to trust the Lord. He's faithful. He'll provide, right? Secondly, a word concerning Paul's fellowship of encouragement in 7 through 16, and he unpacks all of it. I'm so glad as I think about this list and think about us, God uses ordinary people to accomplish his work, doesn't he? It's not like I'm extraordinary and you're not extraordinary, but he uses weak vessels, average people, if you will, everyday people. God is calling out to be his hands and his feet, and sometimes we'll be attacked. Charles Spurgeon, prince of preachers, was attacked so many times. 
He suffered criticism. He suffered attacks, outright slender on his ministry. Yet he did not give up in England. He kept preaching. And he kept preaching, even in depression and anxiety, he kept serving and preaching about Jesus, and God blessed his ministry. Can God do that with us? You sure? You don't act like it. Can God do that with us? Can God bless upward? Can God grow our church and not just be status quo? We're just kind of maintaining. I don't want to maintain you. I've said that before. I want us to grow and thrive and multiply and make disciples and send more people out to be the hands and feet of the Lord. And God's going to bless that kind of church. Check out all these names. Let me just highlight. Tychicus, again, he was faithful in the small things. He was sent to inform the Colossians of Paul's circumstances. He was a relief minister to Titus in 3.12. He cared for the church at Ephesus in 2 Timothy 4.2. What a man of encouragement. Onesimus, the runaway slave from Colossae, the slave becomes a dear brother. Only the gospel can bring that kind of radical change. And then God can use people as his hands and feet. Aristarchus, Acts 19, 29. He was with Paul in prison during this prison ride in Acts 27, 2. During that shipwreck, what a source of encouragement this man was. Mark, uh, you think we ought to be perfect in this life? No one's perfect in this life. There's going to be struggles. You've got a guy here, Mark, made a mistake, and then he found recovery. He abandoned Paul on that first missionary journey. Paul refused to take him on the next one. So Barnabas took him and discipled him. And so you've got Mark was useful to Paul in 2 Timothy 4.11. God can turn a mess into a message. And if you made mistakes, listen, we've all made mistakes. We can find grace with Jesus, Right? Jesus' justice, a source of consolation to Paul. Epaphras, the prayer warrior, brought the gospel to the, to the Colossians. Archippus finished the work for the Lord, the Bible says. So many men and women who serve so faithfully. Vital ministry, listen, effective ministry is accomplished through a team of people. We can be better together. We can accomplish more together. Now, some of you can just go Sunday to Sunday, right? With not much work in between. Let somebody else do it, the 20%. But that's not God's design. Some of you can pray. Others of you can work. Some of you can pray for the basketball players as they play the tournament, right, John? Put me in that next time. <laughs> we can encourage. We can pray. We can fill in the gap. We can be a financial blessing. We can take a mission trip. We can plug into a community group. There's so many things that we can do. We can do more together, 1 Corinthians 12. We can all come together and use our gifts and abilities to build up the body of Christ and to share Christ with a lost and dying world, which leaves me with a number three. Fulfill your ministry. Take heed. Be aware of what God has called you to do for his kingdom. He says to Archibus, look at 17, take heed, be alert, be aware to the ministry which you have been called and received that you may fulfill it. So there's no retirement, there's no throwing in the towel, and you're guarding discouragement. Listen to me. It's one of Satan's chief weapons. If he can get our church sidetracked, 
If he could get our church all focused, looking at other people, other gatherings, the latest cutting edge thing from Lifeway, I support and love Lifeway, but listen, only God brings the power. Only God saves the sinner. So we, we need to be praying and diligent, plowing ahead. Paul was probably urging others to not quit in the midst of persecution and false teaching. Guard this ministry. 2 Timothy 2.15, check out the verse. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved as a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 18. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We keep going. We're going to make it. It's a race. And it's not a quick race. It's not one where you do it one time and it's over. But you run to the very end. And listen, I want to finish well. Do you? Do you want to finish your race well? We've got so much work to do. 2 Timothy chapter 4 Paul talks at length about fulfilling your ministry. Jesus said it well in the Sermon on the Mount. You are salt and light, so go out for me and bring God glory. Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. How does that apply today? In your home, work heartily for the Lord. Disciple your own family. Let's, let's talk about life and the Christian life in the home. Let that spill out in the church as you come back. Worship is not just 1030 on Sunday morning. It's a lifestyle. So we glorify God Monday morning. That's your Jerusalem. That's the mission field for you. Glorify the Lord in it. Older believers in the house, encourage the young. Young people, we can learn from older saints. Amen. They have a lot of wisdom. And then as we do all that, look up here. As we do all that, we have a lost and dying city going to hell every day. We have a lost world headed to hell every day. So our reactions and our growth and how we live our life, how we react in circumstances, when we're struggling, when we feel like giving up, we got a lost world watching us. And we've got young people this morning and they're watching our every move. So let's be real, right? How many of you want God to bless Vacation Bible School? Then I'm calling you to pray about it. And I'm calling you to openly pray now. How many of you, you know we need extra workers in upward football and cheerleading? We know we need a slew of people. Well, I'm calling you to pray. Because we could go week by week and in our own, you know, flesh. And it's going to lack power. But if we pray about all things and we say, Lord, this is what you've called me to and I'm going to do it for your glory and and you've gifted me in this area so I'm going to plug in and I'm going to bring you glory in it. I'm going to encourage those around me. I'm going to encourage staff and other people and deacons and Sunday school teachers. I'm going to be an encourager. And I think that's what Paul is getting at, this community of encouragement. And if you're listening to this message online, you're listening in the house and you're like, Dwayne, I don't need to plug in because I'm lost. I need a relationship. Absolutely. Before you get busy in religion, you need to figure out your relationship with Christ. Trust him. Confess your sin and then live for him 
all for the glory of God. We are sinners in need of a Savior, and God has done the amazing in coming down and paying the price that we should have paid. There's a sin debt, and he paid it with his own blood. And all who believe in Christ will be saved. And the life is not easy, but it's worthwhile. As I think about the last 25 years, so many pastors, Sunday school teachers, right? Church families that I look back and say, man, they encourage me. Some still encourage me. Some will call me. Some have gone on to glory. Can't wait to, to visit another day on that day. We're on the same team. And Satan would love nothing else but to divide this team right here. And when we start looking at one another and looking at the discouragement and, 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 and not edifying and saying, hey, though it's so difficult, hey, we can do it together. You need more work? We can do it together. And when we do opposite of that, that's where Satan can divide and conquer. But I believe the greatest days lie ahead, church. And I believe if we start praying even now in pews, definitely at the altar, saying, Lord, I'm a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, as Jake and Haley come up. I'm a living sacrifice, and I'm going to lay out before you, and I'm going to give my all and give my, my life's work every day all for your glory. That'll be pleasing to God. And the amount of people that will come through these doors in the coming weeks, we need to be ready to give a gospel invitation, gospel conversation, and share the love of Jesus with all of these people. What an amazing summer we have. Let's begin with prayer. Would you come pray even now? Every head is bowed. Lord, I thank you for this community of encouragement Paul had. I thank you for those who, in the world's eyes, were second string bench players. But Father, you have no bench players. We all matter. We are on the team. We all contribute. We are to love you, grow in you, and make you known. And every ministry matters of this church. And there are people dying every day without you. There are people confused with all sorts of identity issues. And Lord, we need to understand our true identity found only in you. That you love us, you have made us, you have called us to be salt and light in the midst of darkness. This is prime time for the church to be the church. Move in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We would like to help you take your next steps spiritually. Visit our website, fbcfairview.org, to learn more about First Baptist Church Fairview. Thank you for listening. Thank you.